Boker Tov, today's daf is daf Lamites in Sota, daf Lamites. Uh, the third line, the third line of Daf Lamites of Adolf. Amar Rabba Barafuna. Given Shaniftach Sefer Torah, now here's a lot of the laws that we use every day in Shul. Once the Sefer Torah has been opened, also the Sapri, you don't have to talk. Right? Once they open the Sefer Torah, you show respect. You shouldn't speak. You shouldn't talk. I feel a bit varalach. You shouldn't even talk in learning. Shnemar, where Pischo says, uh, Ezra, when he opened up Pischo, when he opened up the Sefer Torah, Omdu Kalam, they all stood. Okay, the, stu- the standing mean being quiet and not talking? Yes. Enamid el Standing refers to being quiet, silent. Shnemar, Bochalti, and I waited. Kilo Yedabru, they didn't speak. Kiamdu, because they stood. Lo Anu od. They didn't speak. They didn't answer anymore. In other words, once they stand, standing means standing at attention, keeping your mouth shut. From this pasuk back in Nehemiah, talking about Ezra, the ears of every of the entire nation were listening were to the Sefer Torah, meaning they were not talking to one another even in halacha. Shmuel said, "Whoever." Whichever coin does not wash his hands, we all know when a coin goes out to duchen, here in Eretz we duchen every day. So when a coin does not wash his hands, he shouldn't duchen. Hisakapa means lifting his, his hands, lifting his palms. That's what that's a lotion uh, for the siyas kapayim, right? Lifting arms, meaning referring to duchening for the coin and blessing the people. Lift up your hands in holiness and then bless God, meaning make your hands, sanctify your hands by washing them first. And then bless God, and then be, and then bless God. So the idea also is Baruch Es Hashem, but blessing the people also will be via uh, only once your hands are washed. Shalom Tamid Vas Reb Lozer Ben Shemur. Reb Ben Shemur was asked by his students, We have this lasha many times in Shas. In what were you zocha to a long life? What did you do that uh, that entitled you to a long life? Obviously, he lived a long time. Rablazim and Shemur. So he asked, he asked this, this Rablazim and Shemur in the uh, Gemara is the Tana referring to Rablazim and Shemur. In other words, when Rablazim, the Gemara Rashi and Erev and Lamanches says that uh, Rablazim stam in the Gemara when it's a Tana, that's Rablazim and Shemur. There's also Rablazim and Pedos, there's others, but Rablazim, when the Gemara says stam, Rablazim, not Rabeliezer, Rabelazar, stam in the Gemara referring to a Tana is Rablazim and Shemur. So they asked him, what, were you, what did you do to be Zoha to live a long life? And whenever this question is asked, the answer is never, I didn't eat carbs, mm-hmm. I exercised every day, I went swimming. They never give that kind of an answer. It's always a spiritual answer. You're a Zoha to, what did you do to be Zoha to a long life? I'm letting the Yamai law, CC, basic, I never used the shul as a shortcut. I didn't come in this door and to use it as a shortcut to go out the other door. Now, if you're already in shul and you came out, you came in, one door, that doesn't mean you have to go out the same door. If there's several doors like here, you can go out another door. But in that case, you didn't use the shul as a shortcut. You davened in shul, then you chose to go out through a different door. But let's say I'm just saying, I'm coming from that direction and I want to make a shortcut. I don't want to go out on the street. I said, I'll just use it as a shortcut that you can't do. If you have to do it, they say, you know, say a pasuk, do something in the shul, learn something or say a pasuk. So it wasn't simply as a, as a shortcut. So he said, number one, I never used the shul. I never uh, uh, used the shul as a shortcut. Kapandria is a uh, is like an acronym for uh, in Aramaic. He says, Adamakifna Adari Eyal Baha. 
whether rather than go around, I'll go in through here. It's like a, a shortened version of an Aramaic word. And I never jumped over the heads of the holy nation. What does he mean by that? When a student, the students come to the yeshiva in those days, they sat on the floor. So everybody was on the floor. And in order to, uh, if, if he came in afterwards and he had to go to the front of the yeshiva to give a shear, to go to a shender in the front. So if he walked through the people, walked among the students as they're sitting on the floor, it looked like he walked on their heads. It appeared that way. He, so he wanted to show them respect. So the only way to do it is either that he should get there first before they come in, or he should stand on the outside and give the shear, but he shouldn't walk over their heads, so to speak. And I never duchen without a bracha. So number one, you see from over here that he was a coin. Not only was the Stamra Blazer in the Gemara, who's a Tana, is Blaz Ben Shemur, but you see also that he was a coin. So he said these three things. Did what? Did the things he did? Yeah, well, uh, it didn't mean the other ones. He's talking about himself. Yeah. But the question that you're, you're raising a good one is, I don't know if you meant to ask that, is that the other ones didn't make a bracha. In other words, okay, let's say jumping over there, maybe that wasn't so disrespectful. Uh, going through a shul, yeah, then maybe, maybe, maybe never even occurred to them to, to do that, whatever. Maybe they also zochor. But here he said the third thing, he didn't without, he never, he never uh, without a bracha. So wasn't that always the custom? In every mitzvah you're supposed to make a bracha. So some say the taki, he was the first one that instituted a bracha because they made a bracha before because that was part of it. He was just blessing the other people. Maybe he didn't need a bracha there. So there's a question about that, whether he seemed to say that he, 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 was, he was the one who instituted the concept of making a bracha on duchni. Okay. My mavarach, what bracha do you make? I'm going this. We know. I'll kind of know this. I'm a rav chista. That's what they say. Who sanctified us in the, in the, with the holiness of Aaron. So that was, that's the bracha that the Kontaka made. Okay, when he goes up, on his way up to the Akakar means when he lifts his, his feet, meaning on his way up to Duchem. When he goes up to the front of the shul to Duchem, what does he say there? May it be your will. This bracha that you've commanded us to bless us, bless your nation Israel, there shouldn't be any stumbling or oven or sin. In other words, it should be a pure bracha. He should have a good kavana. And there shouldn't be anything wrong with the bracha. Please aid me in this. What does he say when he turns? When he turns, when they finish the bracha, what do they do? When they finish duchening, they turn away from the tzibur. When you're when they're bringing the bracha, they, we had the other day. You face the tzibur. You give a bracha like face to face. When uh, they finish the bracha, they turn around, face the Aron Kodesh. Man, what do they say there? Adver of Chista Rav Chista led Rav Ukva and taught him, Vidarish, he led him, in, like he was his Rebbe, and taught him, Vidarish, the Barshal, this is what you say, we have done what you decreed us to do. You told us, right, put my name of Israel, and others bless them. Now do with us, we did what you commanded us. Now please do what you promised us. And what's that? So Rashi says, that you should agree with our bracha. And now do that. As it says, we say at the beginning, where is that, Michael? At the. Uh, uh, no, the Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm trying. Okay, so right the editor, right? So right before Shani, right? So. Um, 
You know, Kohenim, they have their hands spread out the way they do it, right? When they when they do it, but and their fingers are straight, and they're not allowed to resume a normal position. Normally, a person when his hands are loose, at ease, his hands could be, you know, you could bend your bend your knuckles, you know, bend your finger joints, and he could. The Kohenim aren't allowed to. Uh, to bend their finger joints until they turn away from the seaboard. In other words, when they're facing uh, when they're facing the seaboard, they shouldn't bend their fingers. They should keep them erect until they turn around. We heard the other day that when there's only one coin, right? We paskin like not like Rav Chisra. Rav Chisra had said at the bottom of yesterday's daf. Um, right? We don't hold that way. We don't like Rukhista, but we do hold like a baye that what if there's two or more kohanim, then then the kore, let's say the gabai calls out kohanim. If there's only one, ain't it? He doesn't call out uh, kohen. You don't call kohen, which is what we do today. That's the halacha. So Rukhista said, ain't a karushal because you don't wear the kohan hachiyach amen piatzibor. After Atov Shimcha, everybody answers Amen, and the and the Gabai should make sure not to yell out Kohanim until the Amen is finished. And the Kohanim may not start saying Baruch Atah Hashem until he says until he finishes saying Kohanim. In other words, you shouldn't jump on top of one another. Rashi explains here that the concept is You can't hear two. No, voices at the same time. So make sure everything is clear. I remember um, years ago uh, when um, Shmuel Himmelstein was in the was in this community and he was a coin. He was always mocked to tell the uh, the person davening for the Yom of the Shliach Tzibur, wait till all the Kohanim. You know the Kohanim they, sh- they should try to do it in unison when they say at the But sometimes one guy is longer. One guy wait till the last guy finishes before you say the next okay. word. Right, so in other words, it's important because you can't hear two things at the same time. So until you finish, the Korik says Kohanim. When he finishes, then you say it, then they can start the bracha. The Kohanim have three brachas, we know. So the, the, you don't answer Amen until the bracha is finished from the Kohanim. Wait, not only the Shleif Tzibur should wait before he reads each word. We don't see that this is about the leading word over here. Right, we just see about the quantum saying the bracha, and the and the tzibur answering amen. They shouldn't answer amen until the quantum finishes the whole sentence, the whole the whole verse. Likewise, the quantum knows Then you say amen only after v'yishmerecha is completed, and then the quantum should not start the next line until until the amen is finished from the tzibur. Here's another thing. Kohanim should not turn their face away from the tzibur until the shliach tzibur starts sim shalom. So they finish. Everybody answers amen only after they finish shalom. And the Kohanim should stay in the same position facing the tzibur until the shliach tzibur starts sim shalom. Then they turn around. 
Also, they don't leave the Duchan, they don't leave the platform up there until, until the Shliach Tzibor finishes, finishes uh, Sim Shalom, right? When he finishes that's when they can leave. Otherwise, they stay up there. Also, the Tzibor is not permitted to answer Amen until the brachas finished from Libya Kor. What bracha are we speaking about over here? So we see here about any bracha. The Kori means any bracha. Now we're not talking about the bracha of, now we're talking about Dukhan, we're talking about the bracha of Birchas Torah. When the Kohen lady Israel gets up there, Rishon Shani, Shlishi, whatever bracha he makes, you don't answer Amen until the guy finishes. No saying HaTorah. Also, the person reading the, the in this case, it's the, uh, it's Michael or whoever is the Balkori is, or if you're if the uh, person makes a bracha, it can lane himself. He does that. He's not to start reading the Torah. In those days, they would have a maturgaman, right? It would be sukkim in the chumash. People were not uh, well versed in understanding what the chumash said, what the Torah said. So after a pasuk, uh, there would he would read the Kori, the Balkori read a pasuk, and then you would have a translator there. So the metagram, pardon? They do it now. They still have the same tradition, right? Until he finishes, the Kari finishes the Pasuk. And the Kari should not begin the next Pasuk. In other words, all this is that you shouldn't have two people talking at the same time. It should be a very clear distinction. Amen, amen. Then then you start the next Pasuk, or you start the next Bracha, whatever it is. Or finish that guy finishes the tirgum, the 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 targum, the translation. Then you begin the next process. Oh, I'm talking about Shemalevi. I'm after Benavi. Okay, um, and I'm after Benavi. Atzar Shiyikra B'Torah Tchila. The one who gets the Haftorah, he should first read a read Sukkim, and he should be like we do. Right, you finish laning, then you give the Haftorah. Uh, the person who's called from after, he first reads something. On a regular uh, Shabbos, he reads the last few Sukkim. Of Shvi and other Shabbosim, when there's a special uh, Haftorah or a special a different Chumash that you read after, so he reads that. He has to read Sukkim Torah. Right. Wait till the Sefer Torah has been completed, completely rolled up together, so that the Golel, the person, the Pola, the Golel, and the Magbia can also listen to the entire Haftorah. That's why you do it. I'm after Rishoy, I'm after, ain't after Rishoy, you shouldn't start Benavi, at Shigol, and the Haftorah is rolled up. But we're about, we're about halfway down on Lama Testament days. What they used to do was this, that it says here that the Shliach Tzibur should not strip the Ark, right, the Ark Kodesh, until in front of the Tzibur. What does that mean? So Rashi explains over here these next few lines. What happened was this. They didn't have safes like people do today for the Sefer Torah. So what would they do? The Sefer Torah was kept in a safe place, somebody's house or whatever, in a safe, uh, in a, in a safe secure location. So what they would do is after they would finish laning, they would take the Sefer Torah out and take it to the safe location. And, and before they brought it in, they would adorn the Aron Kodesh with the nice uh, embroideries and things like that. So after, uh, after they took the Sefer Torah out and people went home, at that point, the Shlich Tzibor or the Gabbai, whatever, 
could strip the uh, Aron Kadosh of, of, the, uh, of the ornaments and the, and the embroideries that they put on there. So he says, Ashir Tzibur should not strip the, the Aron Kadosh after the Sefer Torah has been removed, after they took away. The Tzibur, they shouldn't have the Tzibur, shouldn't have to uh, visualize that. Kosman should see Besnesses, should have they would take it away. So while the Tzibur is there, they wouldn't take it apart. They wouldn't disassemble the Aron uh, Kodesh, so to speak, until everybody went home. So they cover that zebra. Cover that zebra. You don't do it in front of the zebra. Leave it. Leave it uh, looking nice while the zebra's there. They shouldn't leave until the safe Torah is removed. Now the Yenichim Komo is taken out by most of the Rishonim. The Yenichim Komo said, "We didn't put in its place. What's its place? This place was really some other secure location." But he, the idea here is that. It, when when they're about to take now in our modern times in our day, the Sefer Torah is kept in the shul. So you know, but when the Sefer Torah was taken out of the shul, take to a secure location, the people should not leave the shul before the Sefer Torah leaves. In other words, it's proper to let the Sefer Torah go first. That's what he means. So ain't that says they should actually say no. If Shmuel says it doesn't mean. Until the Sefer Torah is taken, until he begins to go out, until the person carrying it, what do you mean by that? Rashi says, Let's say they picked up the Sefer Torah and he's about to go out through the front of the shul. And somebody, at that point, somebody else wanted to go out through another exit. That's okay. That's okay because you're not perceiving the Sefer Torah. The Sefer Torah is going out over there, you're going out over here. I feel lots of safety. Even the sector hasn't gone out yet. Uh, as soon as the other guy picked it up to take it out, you can also leave, right? I feel lots of but like a pizza But there's no other door. There's only one door to the shul, and they picked up the safer Torah to remove it to take it to the circular location. Then let the safer Torah go out first. You shouldn't proceed it. That's not. That's disrespectful. So he has the sefer Torah like like a pesachrina. Nachon she ate the sefer Torah chila v'loyet sa'adam a pesach with a sefer Torah. That's what he means over here. So when Shuba Levi says and a sefer Torah actually not the sefer Torah, that means that when there's only one door, then let the sefer Torah go out first. Uh, it means just achiates and meaning until the guy picks it up in order to go out. Actually, I guess she not the sefer Torah means let him pick it up. Shmos is achiates in the sefer Torah. That means achiates means the sefer Torah is when there's one door, but when there's more than one door. I feel the first way. As soon as the sefer is is picked up, is taken, you could go out the other door as well. If you're not going to go out the same door as the sefer Torah. So harika pisachrina, like a pisachrina. Amarava, barahina. As we explained to me, because the pasuk, what's this based on? You should go after Hashem. Meaning, again, the part the pshat Hashem, they're going to say you should follow God's laws, right? But you should follow it out. Don't, don't you don't go out before the Sefer Torah. I'll give you an example. Let's say, um, uh, you know, let's say uh, a person, the person, the Shliach Tzib, you have this sometimes, the Shliach Tzib, or uh, I just had a hernia operation, he can't hold the Sefer Torah. So somebody else is holding the Sefer Torah, right? As they say, a hallelujah or whatever, or a Gadla Shamiti, or even so, whatever he says, Shalom Israel. You should let the Sefer Torah go first. You don't go in front of the Sefer Torah. Just like you don't go in front of your Rebbe, you let the Sefer Torah go first. Not You don't go in front of the Sefer Torah. So that's the idea over here also. Follow it. Now we know, those remember, those of you, you remember, all of us remember in Chutzlaretz that uh, when they duchen on Yantiv, you know, they sing, the Kohanim sing in between, and there's, you say, Rabboni Shalom, and uh, there's even, 
different sukkim that are said while they're while they're saying each each word. Some say that, some don't, depending on whatever your minig is, right? Uh, when I was a kid, I remember my father would say every uh, every line, and then he, after each line, he would say "b'schus Avram Avinu, b'schus Yitzchak Avinu, b'schus Yakovinu." Different hugim. The more litaim uh, among us say, you know, don't make a hefsek. We're going to see different opinions here too. So this mantra, "Kohen Mivarachem," is on mine. What do, what do the people say? Right, the Kohenim are saying "Yivarach Hashem Yishmaracha." Right, what are what are the people's mind on them? Amar Rav Zeir Ram Chista again. Rav Zeir said Ram Chista Baruch Hashem. Just like the Kohenim say three psukim. The, the Tzibur also says three psukim. They quote three psukim from Tehillim. Baruch Hashem Malachav Gibarakov. Baruch Hashem Malachav. Let his, Baruch Hashem Malachav, his, um, his uh, angels will bless God. Baruch Hashem Malachav Gibarakov, the ones who are strong. Baruch Hashem Kaltzav, all its hosts, Misharsav, Osir, and Sono, his, uh, minister, his ministering angels who do his will. Baruch Hashem Kaltzav, all his, all, all his creations, bless God. All areas of his memshal, uh, Hashem ends off, Hashem. Let my let my soul bless God. So those three psukim are said while the Kornim say their three psukim. Are they said pasik pasik or what? We'll see that in a few minutes. Okay, that's on a regular day. But Musafa the Shabbos now on Musaf, that's every day we say Shachris Dukan each and every day, as we do here in Eretz and in many other locations. What do they do in Musaf of Shabbos when? That's an additional, that's an additional virkas um, kohanim, right? Every day we have shachas, we have seven days a week. But on Musaf, on Shabbos, you have Musaf. So what psukim do they say specifically for Musaf? Since it's Musaf Shabbos, which is a, it's like a new Rosh Hashanah, it's a new duchening. So it's you have to say something new, something extra. What do you say here? So he gives out the psukim, again, from Tilim. Bless God, all those who serve God. Bless God. And then he skips to the next parak, the next capital, and he says, Baruch Hashem, Itzion, Shlaim, Hallelujah. So he says that Pasik. So the Gemara says, Why say that? The it's only three Pesukim anyway. Why don't you finish off with. Um, the third pasuk in Kapitel Kufla Medal. Kufla Medal starts off Shir Malzim Baruch Hashem Baruch Hashem. See them Baruch Hashem. And the last pasuk is Baruch Hashem Itzion. So why don't you end up? With, why, why not just finish that whole Kapitel? Why are you jumping to the next parak for the third pasuk? Right, Baruch Hashem Itzion. Dechsid Bahuera, which is in the same Inyan, same Kapitel. Amar Yehuda, Rabbi Rav Shimon Pazim, he tells Sheyeskum Baruch Hashem. Since he started blessing God, Shir Malz Baruch Hashem. See them Baruch Hashem Baruch Hashem. Masayim also Baruch Hashem. Once you start up blessing God. So we end up also, we use all three psukim, which bless God, as opposed to the last pasuk in Kapitel Kuflam Adam, which is Yivrech Hashem, Hashem will bless you. Okay. All right. That's on Muslim of Shabbos. Mincha said Tanis Mayamri. We, on, on Mincha of Tanis Sibor, we add on also Duchanin. Now, when do you Duchan on Mincha of, of Tanis Sibor? When you Duchan at Mincha Tana, like late in the day. If you dive in a mincha gedola, we don't because mincha gedola we don't duchen all year round because the corner might be drunk, right? They just finished eating, so they might be drunk. Because of that, we always have this fight in shul here. Mincha mincha because some of the corner go up there, and I try to stop them, and they think they're supposed to, but you know when there's nobody here to paskin, so we have that fight every time. Mincha gedola, they don't duchen because uh, even on a time of because we don't duchen all year round, so we shouldn't come to duchen all year round because because they might be drunk. So we don't do chalim but a nuchat of a tainus 
Minchiktan, when you daven late before, you know, before Marev, uh, then they do Duchen. So Minchiktan, that's a new thing. Instead of my, what do they add on there? Omar Ravacha Bayakov, they say, here with three Pesukim, if our sins will stand up and reply against us, Hashem, uh, please, please help us for your, for, because of your good name. Mikvah Yisrael Moshio, the Mikvah Yisrael, Save the saving base sort of say, will sell, will give him salvation in a time of, of suffering. Why should we be like a stranger in the land? And the third circumstance is why should we be like a person who was overcome, like a strong man who's not able to help? In other words, please help us, don't, don't, uh, don't turn away from us. That's the three circum that he say on Mincha of the time of Shibur. The th- this Neila, which we only have today on Yom Kippur, which is another additional time that they duchen. Mayamar, what did he say there? Amar Marzutra, Bamla Masdisa Tansa say, Hine Kichenya Borch Yor again, Sukhman Tilim, Kichenya Borch Yor Yorashem. So will a, uh, will a person bless those who fear God? Yibrach Hashem Itzir as Hashem, Kichenya Borch Yor, a person will be blessed by God for some busy Yorashem. Yibrach Hashem Itzir, Hashem will bless you, Itzir. Right? Um, it's, you know, that's possibly quoted before. Did I say that wrong? Right? That's a different Pussy. They both begin with Yibrach Hashem The Pussy we quoted before, I think, is Yibrach Hashem Itzion, Oseshmaim Varetz. And this is Yibrach Hashem Itzion, Rebbe Tivishlan Koyim Echayacha. Those two are together in, in, in Kufchov Ches. Uh, so we say those three psukim there. When you say these three psukim, whether you're talking about every day Shachras or Musaf on Shabbos or Mincha of the time of Sibor or Neila on Yom Kippur, when do you three say this psukim? The Tzibor, as the Karnam are blessing them, the Tzibor says that. What do they say? Rabbi Yosef Omar, between each bracha. And as if to say, the Quran say one bracha, so you say one pasuk, right? The Quran really saying a pasuk, right? So they say the pasuk, then you say your pasuk. Uh, they, they say not pasuk number two, then you say pasuk number two. They say pasuk number three, you say pasuk number two. Paskar is Hashem. Not when you finish the pasuk, but rather when they say Hashem, there's Hashem's name mentioned in each pasuk, right? Yevrach Hashem, Yishmerach, you are Hashem, Panevach, Yisa Hashem, Panevach. They say, that's me say. Pligibar of Mari, Rav Zvid. There's a machlokas here. Charomer psuka lekol psuka, like we said before. One pasuk we first. Charomer akol psuka. All three psukim that you say, you say in each pasuk there. So first, there's a machlokas. Do you say it at the end of each bracha of the Kohanim, or do you say it when they say Hashem's name? Now there's another machlokas. Do you say it one pasuk, pasuk for pasuk, one to one, two to two, three to three, or the other one says no? You say all, you, all three psukim. You say at the end of each pasuk, or at Hashem's name, each pasuk that the Kohanim say. Um, so you say all three psukim as each quantum say their one pasuk, whether you say it when they finish the pasuk or you say when I say Hashem's name. If you say this outside of the base of Midrash, you're making a mistake. Because the only reason to say these psukim is the Kavit Shemamiuchad, which we had the other day, Yudkevavke is said only in the base of Migdash, only in the base of Migdash, not in not outside the base of Migdash. Tated Mikdash Nami love me boy He says, no. Not only, not only are you correct that you don't say it outside the base of Mikdash, you don't even say it in the base of Mikdash. Why? You're blessing if there's a servant who's being blessed. Shouldn't he listen? But they're they're blessing you 
and and you're talking back, you should you should listen carefully. So you shouldn't talk at all. Like the minigis, you don't talk. No, just the opposite. Even outside the base means you should say these Why? Is there an Ebed who gives him a bracha and he doesn't, his face doesn't lighten up? In other words, he should acknowledge the bracha. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You know, thank you. You, 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 you. You're blessing me and I'll give you another blessing back. I, I used to think, since he didn't say the psukim, we're talking about here this issue. Do you say psukim, which is really another a similar issue. Now, the psukim that we have today in the in the Siddur on Yantif that they say for each word are not these psukim, uh, but, but do you say psukim at all? So that issue that we have today was really in the Gemara then. Do you say psukim or not? Maybe it's proper just to listen. You're blessing me. Listen carefully and uh, pay attention. Or do you answer it as a proper to acknowledge with another blessing back? So Rabu says in the beginning, having made a keep in the Khazina Lord by Sarab Maku Dolo Amalu, he didn't say these Sukumanami I didn't, I also didn't, right? Maresh, right? Uh I was keeping it uh uh Maresh have you been a keeping the Khazina Lord Rabat. No, Maresh Havimina, I'm saying it wrong. You say Amrabu, Maresh Havi Aminalu, just the opposite. Now at the beginning I used to say them, Havi Aminalu, I used to say the Sukum. At the beginning, I said to him, Kiva the Chazina Leila Rababa, the Menaka, once I saw Rabba, I called Dulo Amalu, that he didn't say these Psukim, Ananamilo Aminalu. So he said, okay, I used to also say the Psukim until I saw this great rabbi, Rabba Abba Menaka, who didn't say the Psukim, so I followed what he did, and I don't say them either. Another thing that Rabba Vu said, first he said that I used to say these Psukim until I saw Rabba Menaka, who didn't say them, so I followed him. He's a greater man than I. Remember, another thing he says, Marisha Vemina. Uh, in in Nusna Anna, I used to think that I'm modest. I used to think I was pretty modest. Kim the Chazina Lerabba the Ma'aku. Once I saw Ma'aku, the Amar Iu Chad Taima. He used to give one reasoning. You know, as he would explain the the Chumash or the Drush in one way. Vama Amore and his his uh, his his translator Chad Taima gave a different reason. The translator is supposed to translate exactly what the Rabbi said, whether he's reading a Psukim or whether he's giving a Drush. But I saw Avava Menako who gave a drosha, and he said one explanation, and his and his uh, translator uh, gave a different, you know, ignored him and gave a different explanation. Below Kupit, he wasn't particular. He didn't get angry about that. He let it. He let it slide. Right. I mean, I figure. I mean, and I'm not really modest. That's modesty for a rabbi to get up and explain something, and his translator explained it in a different way, and basically. Giving him a slap in the face, and he didn't say anything. That's modesty. Ravu said, "I used to think that I was I was modest until I saw that's real modesty for a great rabbi to get up and explain something, and his translator says a different thing, and he doesn't say anything. He just lets it lets it slide. That's modesty. But I used to think I was modest till I saw Ravava Menako. What was why did Ravava think that he was modest? The Amrullah Dvisu the Amore Ravu." The wife of the translator of Rabavu. All these rabbis had translators, right? Uh, or ex- explainers, people explaining the Tzibur. So the wife of his explainer told uh, the wife of Rabavu's translator told Rabavu's wife, We really don't need you. You know, you think I'm lowly because my husband is just your, tra- your husband's translator? We really don't need, he doesn't need you. Oh, the Gochum is like the reason my, my husband, a translator, 
bows down and listens, and bows down, so to speak, listens to what Rabbi says, and then stands up. He's just giving him some respect and some honor, but we don't even need you. He could do it on his own. He doesn't need your your uh, your husband to say anything. So his wife, Rabbi wife, heard this this uh, this um, you know insult. She told Rabbi look how he insulted me. Amrle said to her, "My nafkasmina, what do you care? Mini umine yiskalasila. The rabbon shalom will be praised between me and him. Either way, he's he's explaining that this is not a case where he explains something differently, like like the translator of Abba Menako. He's just saying that uh, you, you know the the translator's wife said to the wife of Rabbi, we really don't even need Rabbi. He could do it on his own.' So she told him, look, look how he said that about you. He says, okay, listen, either way, he's explaining it to the seaboard. The Torah is being explained, whether he heard it from me or he could, he could have done it on his own. It's the same thing. Either way, God is being praised. No problem with that. That's also modesty. Maybe it's not as great as, as, Rav, as Rav Abba from Naku, his Rebbe, because that, there, the translator gave him a different trans- explanation and the, and the rabbi didn't say anything. Another story with Rabbu who is modest, but Sur Rabbu, Imnu Rabbana, the Rabbanan took a boat, Lememne Bresha, to make him the Rosh Hashiva. Even the Chazi, the Rabbaba, the Menachem, once he saw the Rabbaba Menachem, the Nefish Le Balachovas, or some of the Girsa, the Tfise Le Balachovas, the Bach's Girsas, the Tfise Le, they were grabbing him, or uh, the Tfise. In other words, he had a lot of creditors running after him. He needed the money. He saw the Rabbaba needed the money more than he did. Amalu, he told them, Ika Rabba Islacho. That is, you've got a you've got a better rabbi, you've got a greater rabbi than me. You want to appoint me rabbi, but he knew that Rabbi Mako needed the money more. So he said, You've got a great somebody greater than me, and uh, you can make him, you can make him the Rosh Hashiva, uh, not me. Just want to say one more thing, but we'll stop here. I want to say one thing that I, I think I mentioned it uh, the um, a few weeks ago um, when we had a lot of Kohanim during Pesach. One day we had a lot of Kohanim and in my shul and so I put out more um, more carpets. What what are the what's the purpose of those carpets? What's the reason why the Kohanim why the Kohanim uh, stand? They don't stand on the ground. So you used to think it's like you know bowing down. Remember on Yom Kippur we bow down. Rosh Hashanah we bow down. Not down on the stone ground. You're not supposed to. There's nothing to do with that. It has to do it. So the real why did the Kohanim take their shoes off? The Kohanim take their shoes off because we're afraid that uh, a Kohen May um, may have his shoestring torn, and he might bend down to fix it or to tie it. And people will think that he's a balmum, that he is a blemish. Now, Cohen is a balmum; is not allowed to duchen. If he has if he has an obvious or exposed blemish, he's not supposed to. So people will think that he might have a mum. It has nothing to do with shoes on or shoes off, like your socks or whatever. You know, just the opposite. You should have socks on. They say because that's respectful not to go barefoot, but. What's the reason why they take their shoes off? Nothing to do with, you know, you're not allowed to have shoes like on Yom Kippur or Tisha B'Av. You're not supposed to feel like Malachim. You're not supposed to wear shoes, leather shoes. Nothing to do with that. It's to do with they shouldn't wear shoes at all. So they shouldn't come to tear to tie a shoestring or fix a shoestring. People think there's a Malachim. So what about loafers that don't have shoestrings? Low plug. That's what, that's what uh, Mishabura says. Low plug, they don't wear shoes at all. So, you know, that, that, that doesn't come in. So if, if, if there's no problem with them really wearing shoes, other than the fact that people shouldn't think then, so what does that have to do? Why do we, when there's uh, in, in a little shul or a little base matters where there's no uh, platform, a duchen, like we have in a regular shul with a carpeting and all that, 
Why did he have to put a carpet there? It's nothing to do with shoes. Just take your shoes off. The answer is, I think, simply is that it should be like a duchad. They're supposed to go up to a duchad. And the reason you put out a, a mat or a carpeting or something is something that they should prop them to go up on a duchad, on a platform. So in a shul, like a regular shul, they, they go upstairs, there's a stage and a platform, they go up there. If you're talking about a regular room, it doesn't have a platform. So you give them that uh, carpeting or, 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 or some sort of a mat that it should be like a, a duchad. That's what I think. That's why I think we do it, because uh, otherwise I, I don't have a reason why why they have to do it, because there's nothing to do with the shoes on, the shoes off. The time of the temple, or even after. Yeah, they had a duchen. People were barefoot anyway. Right, right, right. Yeah, I see. Sandals that they Right, no, right, right. Okay, okay, exactly. That's what's like that. But the condom, the condom in the basement, you had to go, uh, had to go barefoot. That was not considered disrespectful. But there also, when they duchen, they, they had a duchen. Duchen means... Platform. That's a duchan. A duchan is a platform. Duchaning means going up on the platform. So I think that's the reason for it. Have a good day, everybody. Shavuot. We'll pick it up from here tomorrow.